Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. You hear that fight song. That means it's time to go to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, Lynn Scarborough. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? Hey, uh, doing great. We're just talking off the air. Um, when I went out on my back porch this morning to let the, let the cat out, 46 degrees, and uh, it's up, I think, now to 52. Uh, finally got a uh, finally got a good football Saturday, and got some really really good football games today, particularly in the southeast. Most of the good games, honestly. Uh, Around the country, or in the southeast, and, and three of the top ones, of course, in southeastern conference. But the, but there are several other SEC games that are very significant that people are almost overlooking because of the three, the unusual situation of having three games all with ranked teams, all within the same division of a conference, which hadn't happened in a number of years. Uh, but you got you got some other significant games going on that uh, that people are kind of overlooking. All right, now, Lynn. Before we do that, I often use 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 you to settle arguments. So I right. need you. I have we have a mid-major report uh, every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show before you come on, and okay. me and the the host of the mid-major report are in a major disagreement this morning. And you know I won't say that normally you tend to take my side because normally you tend to take the right side, which still happens to coincide with what I believe. <laughs> so <laughs> what a coincidence! It just happens that way. Yeah, yeah. We were discussing hypotheticals. Okay. okay? hypothetical situation, and I said that Tom Herman leaves Houston and goes to the University of Texas to coach the Longhorns if Charlie Strong and the Longhorns don't have a, a remarkable end of the year. So let's just say that happens. Oh, tell, tell me this. What is Texas' record right now? Three and three. Three and three, okay. Now, so that, that doesn't even come into question. We're just saying that Charlie Strong is out at Texas if he were. Okay, if he leaves. Okay. And Tom Herman gets that job. LSU has to have a plan B. I told uh, my host of the mid-major report, his name is Hunter Carswell. He goes by the nickname Hoot, and okay. he sells ice cream for a living, so he's a great guy. Okay. Now, yeah. So here's what I said. I said, Baton Rouge, if Ed Orgeron doesn't get the job permanently, so there's the hypothetical. The hypothetical is Charlie Strong is out, and Tom Herman takes his place. Ed Orgeron is not given the job full-time. I said that... Uh, obviously, you call Nick Saban first just to give him the first right of refusal. You do that on the download so no one knows. And I said that Bobby Petrino would jump at the chance to get back into the SEC. And he told me that I was absolutely out of my mind. We, I know you don't have the inner workings of Bobby Petrino, but I just want your opinion because it, if it agrees with me, it's valued highly on the Nick Brown Show. Do I, do, does, is the question, do I think Bobby Petrino would – uh, would like an opportunity to get back in the SEC is a question what Tom Herman would choose between, or what's the question exactly? The question Bobby is, Petrino. Would Bobby Petrino be interested in the LSU job? Yeah, I think he would. Uh, yeah, I, I think he would be interested in any SEC job. The reason for this is, of course, if, if you assume that Lamar Jackson comes back next year, then Petrino would be sitting there still in a really good position uh, because even though he's losing some other good players, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be the, the uh, thing that stirs the drink, as they say. Uh, and Jackson's just a sophomore, isn't he? Yes. So, so I don't think he'd leave this year. I think he'll be back. That could be a mitigating factor. All things being equal, if you are riding high at a non-Power 5 school and you have an opportunity to go to a Power 5 that makes sense, you might not want to go to the, the worst team in a conference that doesn't have much chance to compete or whatever, but I would say in general – 
that if a coach is riding high at a non-Power 5 school and gets a chance to take a uh, attractive offer at a Power 5 school, most of the time that coach is going to choose to do that because at, at your, at your uh, more traditional Power 5 schools, you got six or seven of them in the SEC, um, most years, they may have some down years. Every one of them has down years. But you, but more of the time, they're going to tend up, and they're going to be uh, at least competitive teams for bowls. And these non these non power fives are not always. Louisville's a little bit different because Louisville is on a higher plane than most of the non power five schools. Uh, and, and of course, now Louisville's ACC, right? That's correct. That's okay because they got out of the American. So that so this is negating a little bit what I said uh, because I'd, I'd forgotten about about Louisville not being uh, American anymore. But, but it's still the same principle, because Louisville most years, I don't mean this disrespectful to anybody in the Louisville audience, but Louisville most years, just like Houston, uh, people in the audience that might be Houston fans, those teams are not going to get the, the quality of players that in LSU and Alabama and Auburn and Tennessee, uh, Florida, Georgia, Texas, and so on. They're not going to get the quality of players that those teams have. And if you want a chance to be at the upper level and be considered as a contender most years, you want to have a chance to be at one of those schools. Well, which which conference will give you the best opportunity to do that? Look at the polls right now. It's, it's, you remember, uh, Nick, at the start of the year, after that first week when the SEC had lost like six or seven games, and everybody said, oh, the SEC's down and all the other conferences are catching up with them, ACC's catching up, Big Ten's catching up and all that. Um, right now you've got eight SEC teams in the top 25, six in this one division. So what I hang my hat on, Louisville, being a team, or Houston, being a team year in and year out that's going to have you up there high and have you in the rankings and keep you on the top, or would I gamble that LSU would do it, or any of another about 20 teams in the country. And I would go that I would tend to be with the SEC teams. You can, you can come up with examples of coaches that have been at a Louisville or at a Houston or wherever and chose to stay there when they had opportunities to leave. And then the program did not reach that same level, and they didn't get another chance to do that. A, a, a uh, example where that did not happen was Chris Peterson out at Boise State. And, you know, you know I've, I've known Coach Pete and, and had a conversation with him a number of years ago that he uh, had had a chance to leave Boise State and chose not to. And then the question was, was this a wise decision? Well, right now he's got Washington sitting at number five in the country and probably going to be in the Final Four. Uh, on the other hand, hey, right in our conference, there's already questions being raised. Did Dan Mullen miss the opportunity when Dak yes, Prescott did. was riding high? Because I, I now, uh, if they lose at Kentucky today, even if they win at Kentucky today, I don't see Mississippi State qualifying for a bowl game. And I don't remember the last time a team went from number one in the country. Um, well, yeah, I, I'll tell you when it happened. It was, was Auburn in 2010 to 2012, number one in the country and had the longest winning streak in the country. And then uh, two years later, Gene Chizik uh, doesn't win but uh, three or four games and, and loses his job. Um, and Dan Mullen was number one in the country at that Prescott, what, two years ago? And, yeah. um, and, and now uh, they're sitting there. I don't think they're going to win half the games and go to a bowl. Uh, who's going to be coming after Mullen right this minute? So it's an interesting conversation you all had, interesting question, and you can see it both ways. Bobby Petrino does, does have a little bit of baggage there, though. Because he had the Arkansas situation where he left after running a motorcycle off the road with a girl on the back of it. He had the situation with Auburn where he left Auburn and then was involved in a uh, stab-you-in-the-back situation with Tommy Tuberville that Auburn people will never forgive him for. Um, 
So he does have some uh, some baggage in the SEC that he would be coming in to have to compete against. If he goes to LSU, he's got two teams in his own division, Arkansas and Auburn, that for different reasons don't care much for him, and uh, he'd be walking into a little bit of a a hornet's nest there. So so maybe you know Petrino's situation could be different for a number of reasons. Bottom line on it, if you ask me, would a would a coach that's at Louisville successfully that has a chance to move to one of the higher level Power Five conference teams? Uh, seriously consider doing that? Yes, I think he would. I know that's a lot more detailed answer than you wanted, but I'll just give you my thought pattern as I was thinking it through. Well, I, I certainly appreciate it, and then I think uh, what I'm going to I'm going to take that as a victory, Lynn. I think that I'm going to claim that that you agree with me, and that uh, Hunter is in the wrong once again here on the Nick Brown show. <laughs> well, I, I got a feeling, Nick, that whatever answer I gave, you might have been able to interpret it that way. That That is correct. and, and he said yeah, just, just making sure I understood the way the, the evaluation was going. Well, And, you know, I will say this, too, and I'll take the opposite, and I'll take his side for just a minute. You could look at Charlie Strong as an example, because you've got all the money and the resources that you need at Louisville, and Charlie Strong left Louisville went to the University of Texas, which I think... Given time, I think Charlie Strong is an excellent football coach, and I think sometimes we have a greater expectation than reality. And I think given time, more years turn Texas into where it needs to be as they sit at 3-3 three and three today. But he could use that as an example. So uh, uh, could Bobby Petrino. But I think Bobby Petrino would jump at the chance to go to LSU. I, you shake your head all you want. I still think he would. Now, Well, I think he'd, I mean, I, I think he'd seriously consider it. Now, I, you know, he has a – you have to really evaluate the situation. You know, you got Lamar Jackson coming back next year. You're going to be a, a top-20 team just because of Lamar Jackson. You come into LSU where uh, where things potentially could be in disarray. Right now they're, they're looking pretty good. I do think they'll beat Ole Miss today. We're probably going to talk about that in a minute. But they've still got to play. You know, right now they haven't played Alabama. They haven't played Texas A&M. They haven't played uh, Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, and they still they still got some, some tough games to play, and they've already lost to Auburn. All right, let's let's start with that. When Ole Miss is 23rd in the land, they had a disappointing loss up on uh, at Arkansas last weekend. Now they travel to Baton Rouge to take on an LSU team, 25th in the land with Leonard Fournette back. And this is, of course, the SEC uh, with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning, and you see an LSU victory today. Yeah, I do, and and I, what I did, I'm going I'm going to give you uh, pretty much the same results based on the same reasons when we talk about the three substantial games in the conference today. The uh, I just took the stats, and you know the old deal that uh, offense sells tickets and defense wins games, and and so I looked at the defensive stats, and I'm going to give you three. Uh, the, the most important ones is your your total defense, your scoring defense, and then can you stop them and get the ball back? Uh, scoring defense. LSU number four in the country, Ole Miss number 87. Uh, third down defense, LSU number 18 in the country, Ole Miss number 63. Total defense, LSU number 13 in the country. There are about 128 teams that play football. Ole Miss 104, 13 versus 104. So defensively, this this is it's not even a comparison. And and they played similar, you know. They, I mean, they played a similar schedule. Uh, both teams have played some good teams. Both teams have played some some teams that aren't, you know, aren't so good. So, uh, you know, there. And and you look at you're talking about Fournette coming back, rushing the ball. Uh, are you going to be able to keep the ball? Are you going to make the other team's defense be out on the field? Uh, LSU number 24 in the country in rushing offense, and that's with Fournette having missed two games. Ole Miss number 85. So Ole Miss rushing game is among the worst in the country. Uh, are they going to be able to control the ball against LSU's defense? Uh, that's number 13 total defense in the country. And if not, with Fournette and Geis 
uh, how many yards and how many points does does uh, LSU get? Now, with all that being said, hey, Ole Miss could very well win this ball game. I mean, I'm not I'm not discounting Ole Miss's possibility, and I go ahead and tell you, I'm going to pick Alabama and Auburn, and I'm going to use the same statistical co- type comparisons. But it would not it would not shock me. So it wouldn't surprise me for Arkansas and and Mississippi to win these games. It wouldn't shock me. I don't guess for A and M to it. Certainly would surprise me. But uh, but there are there are statistical things that favor the home team in all three of those ball games. Well, I want to look at that one. I want to talk. You talked about the other ones. I want to go. And we'll talk more about them. Lynn takes you to ten every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. The one that you, we talked about earlier, and you talk about coaches missing a window. Now, I certainly think that what Dan Mullen's been able to do in Starkville has been remarkable. I think some places in this day and age of the SEC are tougher to win at. I think uh, given time, you go through a cycle of another quarterback, you see what Dak Prescott is doing with the Dallas Cowboys, give Dan Mullen time, but did he miss his window of opportunity to leave Starkville? Will he be a lifer for Mississippi State? But they've got a what normally wouldn't be considered a big game, and I can tell you traveling to Lexington, it's not just a cakewalk anymore. That doesn't say you know about the status of Stoops, but teams, I don't know if they don't get up to go to Lexington, but they don't play their best in the Bluegrass State. Well, Kentucky, two or three things about Kentucky. Number one is that they have been recruiting better. Uh, Kentucky has been bringing in a better uh, level of player as far as the ratings go over the last couple of years. So even though they're way down always in the conference, but that's because you've got five or six teams uh, in the SEC, a lot in the SEC West, that are in the top ten in recruiting almost every year. And so Kentucky can be the you know, 11th or 12th best recruiting class in, in the conference and be in the top 30 in the country. So they are bringing in a better level of player. Uh, they've got a they got a solid situation uh, at quarterback. It's at least at least it's okay. It's not among the best in the conference. Uh, Boom Williams is one of the most versatile players in the in the country, um, and and they're playing at home. Uh, they're playing against a Mississippi State team that's on the ropes. Uh, certainly not a great Mississippi State team in in any way that you could look at it. And Kentucky is a three point underdog at home. Uh, if I'm Coach Stoops, I'm going to wrap that all over my my dressing room. Saying we got a team coming in here that hadn't won but two games, uh, they're on a two-three game losing streak, um, and here we are uh, playing at home with something on the line, and we're an underdog. And and I'm going to get the schedule out and show them to them if Kentucky wins this ball game. That's their fourth win already. They got Austin Peay coming up. That's five wins. All they got to do is win one more ball game, and and they qualify for a bowl. With all due respect to the Mississippi State fans in our audience. If, if Mississippi State wins this game today, I can't see them winning six games, much less if they lose this game. So there's a lot more on the line for Kentucky. It's at home. They're a dog at home. Um, I see Kentucky winning the game. Now, again, with everything I'm saying, it won't surprise me if Mississippi State goes in there and wins. But, uh, you know, if pressed to pick a winner, I think every, everything leans toward a, an upset for Kentucky. All right, I want to tell you real quick, just touch on this, not much at all, but you, UMass could be an honorary member of Conference USA or the SEC. Seems they played everyone. Will Muschamp yep. in the game cost get a victory today? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's no any question about that. All right, and then I'm going to turn to the Razorbacks travel to the Plains of Auburn, and I, I talked about this with you Thursday when I first saw the line. I said these guys are out of their mind. They got Auburn by, what, 13 and a half, 14 points? Uh, no, it's, half. It's, down to, it's down to 10 now. Down to 10. But that's still double digits. That's still a sizable margin. But uh, how do you see this one playing out? As well, same, the, same, the, the same way. And I'm kind of like you. When I saw the line, I said, this is ridiculous. Arkansas is 5-2. Auburn's 4-2. They've both played, you know, comparable opponents. Um, and Arkansas is number 17. Auburn's number 21. 
I realize there's a home field advantage, but it ought to be a very low number of points in that ball game, and Auburn's a double-digit favorite. But then I went in and, and studied the statistics. I'll just read them down to you. Red zone defense. You know, let's do total defense first. Total defense, Auburn's number 30 in the country. Arkansas's number 64. But then total defense in what determines you know, the points that you get. And you win by points, not by yards. Red zone defense. Auburn's number 8 in the country. Arkansas's number 37. Scoring defense. Auburn's number 11 in the country. Arkansas's number 69. And the stat we used a minute ago with LSU and Ole Miss, third down defense. Can you get the other team off the field and get your offense back out there? Auburn's number 21 in the country. Arkansas, out of the 128 teams, is number 111 in their opponents being able to successfully convert third downs. So in, in every defensive statistic, Auburn isn't ahead. They're, just, they're substantially ahead. You'd flip it and say, okay, but maybe Arkansas's offense would offset that. Uh, total offense, Auburn's number 28, Arkansas's number 41. Uh, Arkansas has the, uh, the rusher with the most yards. Uh, Taquan, I forget how you pronounce his first name, Williams. Um, and he does have the most yards. He's not the leading average guy, but he's got the most yards. So I said, okay, Arkansas is going to offset that in rushing. Auburn's the number 12 rushing team in the country. Arkansas is number 60. So I looked about efficiency. Uh, Auburn's number 7 in the country and getting the fewest penalty yards. Arkansas is number 49. So I could not find any statistic where Arkansas uh, would, would win the ball game. Uh, with that being said, they very well win the game. You know, the, the old thing, statistics are for losers. Uh, I may be giving you stats, and all three of the teams I give you the stats on may end up losing the ball game. But this is a ball game that if you compare the stats in the game uh, and look at who, where, they're, where they're playing. And, and these are two teams that, you know, in, in sometimes could be in the top ten. I mean, uh, Arkansas has lost to two teams that are 13-0 uh, and 0 and ranked number one and six in the country. Auburn's lost to two teams that are 13-0 and 0 and ranked number three and six in the country. I mean, so these are two teams that have got a strong resume uh, they're down in the in the rankings, 17-21, because they played two teams that are uh, that are undefeated and in the running for the national championship. Well, let's let's. So, uh, <clears throat> you're exactly right. Let's uh, stay on that topic because one of the teams that defeated Auburn now has a chance to go into the state of Alabama and pull off a uh, another victory. And I think, and just give you my thoughts before you break it down, I think America's going to see how big of a gap there is between the number one team in the land and the number six team in the land today? Well, they might. They, they might. And, and if they do, I think the reason is not for what people would normally say. The difference to me is the opportunistic nature of Alabama's defense. Not just the defense. And I'm going to give you some stats here in a minute. And, they, and the stats do favor Alabama, but they don't favor them as much as, as you would think they do. But the stat you can't – that's not a stat, actually – is the opportunistic nature of the defense. They've scored a non-offensive touchdown in nine consecutive games. That's 11 non-offensive touchdowns. Uh, that's running back interceptions, running in fumbles, and, and kick returns. When you throw an interception against most teams, you're turning the ball over. When you throw an interception against Alabama, good chance you're giving them six points. You fumble the ball against Alabama, I'm against other teams, and there's a 50-50 chance you're going to get it. You fumble the ball against Alabama, there's a 50-50 chance they're going to score a touchdown. And if, they, if, if, if most teams kick you down inside the 10 and you have to punt, then you're giving them good field position. Against Alabama, if they kick you down there and you don't get a first down, you got a punt from your end zone, you're very possibly giving them a punt return for a touchdown. Every way you can do it in special teams and defense, they're, they're the, not only the best in the country, Nick, I don't ever remember a team ever as good as Alabama is right now, 
in opportunistic defense. Now, the, the defensive numbers, I mean, they favor Alabama, but not what you would think. Uh, you know, the important thing is scoring. I mean, you don't win by yards, you win by points. That's what we're saying before. Alabama's scoring defense, number eight in the country. They're giving up 15 points a game. Texas A&M's number 22. They're giving up 19. So Alabama's only giving up four points less a game than A&M. In red zone defense, when you get down close, now in fairness, teams don't get in the red zone as often against Alabama. So you've got to factor that in. But in red zone defense, the percentage of times somebody gets in the red zone and they score. Texas A&M's number four in the country. Alabama's number 47. They're in the middle of the pack. Um, so it's not quite as overwhelming as you think. Third down defense, I used that before because that is important. Can you get the other team off the field? Alabama's number 12 in the country. Texas A&M's number 28. So A&M is not statistically, if you look at the key defensive things, they're not just blown away. You flip it over to the offensive side. Alabama, great balance. They're number 17 in the country in total offense. A&M's number 8. Alabama's great rushing attack. They're number 10 in the country. Texas A&M's number 7. Uh, so this, you know, statistically, this game does not go as strongly for Alabama as you would think. But they're at home. The statistics do sort of favor them, but barely favor them. But the key thing to me is the not just the defense, the opportunistic nature of the defense. And Texas A&M to win this ball game, they can't make any mistakes. They got to play a perfect ball game and hope that Alabama plays an average ball game. If Alabama plays an exceptional game, if Texas A&M has, has turnovers, I don't see it being a close game. If A&M doesn't turn the ball over and both teams kind of play at their level, this could be a more competitive game than people think. But, I, but I'd absolutely pick Alabama to win it. Well, there you go. Lynn, certainly I always enjoy uh, talking with you every Saturday morning. Lynn takes you to 10 on the Nick Brown Show, and I guess you guys are just uh, resting at Lindy's or are we getting ready for basketball? Uh, oh, no. No, we're getting ready for the World Series uh, Special Edition. No, the uh, I, 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 yeah. Well, well, you know, it's going to be. I, well, we'll see what happens with the Cub Dodgers series, but uh, but the, the Cubs still it's three to two in the in the uh, going back to Chicago. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. First okay. well, so. Yeah. If the Cubs, yeah, if the Cubs, if the Cubs win, and uh, but yeah, the Cubs in Cleveland would be about as un, unusual or unexpected outcome as it could have be. The Cubs hadn't been there, you know, since like fifty years before I was born or something, and. Um, and then Cleveland hadn't won a championship in anything in six in what six decades, and here they could win two championships in six months. So uh, unusual thing. But we will be producing a special edition for the winner of the World Series. So that's the next thing on our table. I certainly appreciate it, and a safe travel to the game today. I always enjoy talking to you. All right, Nick. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes, on Stitcher, or at redpeachsports.com.